another episode of the Anything and Everything podcast. This week's guest is Edison Rodriguez, a freelance videographer out of El Paso, and uh, he's a really good friend of mine, and I just want to thank him for, for coming on and really uh, blessing us with some of the expertise and the, and the knowledge he's gained in, in his career, and really we get into just the intricacies, how he learned, uh, what he does, the whole process, and it's a really interesting podcast, and once again, you know, I want to thank him for coming on, so I hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, here you guys go, Edison Rodriguez. Edison, my guy, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing amazing. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for welcoming me into your house. Uh, of course, of course. But, well, first of all, like I do in, at the beginning of my podcast, I have to kind of explain how I know you. Okay. So We go back. <laughs> we go back, don't we? It was middle school, right? St. Yeah. Joseph's. St. Joseph's you middle school. You were two years older than me. And then... High school, yep. I don't remember high school. That was foggy. Maybe you can it was foggy. On that. You were, um, you know, you were like a teenager. You didn't want to talk that much to me. Yeah, so I, no, that's what kidding. it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I remember seeing you in high school. Yeah, we went to cathedral together, and then I guess we really started talking to you again when we became like managers, like at UTEP. Yeah, so we worked, we worked one year, one year and a half as managers. I learned all my all my tips and tricks from you, all, all the hustling on rebounds and the hustles and the passes yeah. and everything. The Tim Floyd. The Tim downfall, Floyd. We, I guess. we saw the Tim <laughs> Floyd era rise and fall. Um, end of an era. The end of an era. Yeah, but I guess that's, I mean, ever since we had those like lapses in time, but I guess like we've known each other for a while. Yeah. That's, that's the crazy part. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but the reason for this podcast or the reason I wanted to have you on is to talk about what you're good at, what you're really good at. Okay. Which is... My profession? Your profession. Okay. Right? Do you want to tell the people a little bit about it and then I'll go ahead and follow up on it? Okay, yeah, yeah. So for my profession, I guess since I was a junior, or I guess sophomore uh, summer going into junior, I started doing video with my friend Abraham, AB, as most people know him. And since then, yeah, we've been pretty much going with what we wanted to do that was our passion he was a photographer and i did video mm -hmm. and ever since then i mean we've been really successful in the city and we've had a lot of projects and we've we've gone really like far with what we've been doing um i, I mostly dabble like purely in video a lot of people think i like maybe do photos too uh -huh. but i really like to keep it on the video side okay yeah yeah um yeah what do you what else what's going on <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess my first question would be because you said you started sophomore junior year uh into it what caught your attention about it like what what's the first thing that kind of made you want to get into the video uh part of things well growing up my my dad was at he worked at um uh Entravision. okay and so he was in media uh his whole life too mostly in um tv and radio mm-hmm and I would always go with him like on promotions or where he had shoots and I'd always be like in the in the uh, news station van, just mm -hmm. chilling there, just like messing with like buttons and stuff or yeah. being at the station and like being in the editing rooms and just seeing these guys like going to work and just the behind the scenes, the sets and all that. I don't know, just really caught my attention. I was always shy though, like as a kid in front of the camera. 
but I, I really like being behind it. Yeah. And I guess when I like our, my friendship with AB, just really like, oh, he likes photography and I like video. And this uh -huh. is like, it, it coincides with each other. Mm -hmm. So yeah, right. I'd say that's when it really like started like, oh, I want to, I want to just keep doing this. And, and how, how was that like first, uh, I guess that, that first jump or, or leap of faith to actually putting it together? Because, I mean, I imagine you had some experience before you guys actually made it official. Mm -hmm. But, you know, how did that whole project come together uh, with your friend and, and getting it up and running, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I met AB at, in high school. And then, honestly, like, it's the new age, just the internet, <laughs> Instagram, yeah. and just all of that, mostly, mostly through Instagram. It would just, like, start with... Um, uh, AB just net networking uh, through people there, and then just sharing his work through there, and just building upon that. How how did that net How did that networking work more for you, or like how did you attack it? Um, I attacked it more on like the side of just like trying to like learn video, because AB was a little bit more. He was already like shooting, like he was already good. Like, yeah, it was crazy. Like he was shooting um. Uh, sneaker photos before mm -hmm. with a dude that was kind of popping here and those those photos are tight yeah if anybody knows like those are cool yeah so like he already had like kind of like his mastery in it and I I just stayed more on just like okay I need to learn this myself like I'm like I was self-teaching myself like through YouTube University that's what we like to call it is that what you did just purely YouTube pretty yeah much? just purely YouTube yeah and then um yeah, just through YouTube, through everything, the shooting, uh, like using a camera to like uh, using like the software for editing, just yeah, self-taught or just like, like I say like I really like this because like if I wouldn't, I don't think I'd push like how much I do of like teaching myself this and all that, even though I went for another degree. <laughs> how hard was that process to to kind of self-teach yourself? Obviously, it was something you were passionate about, yeah. so you were willing to deal with it. But for those, for those of us who are going through YouTube University right now, which is probably most of the United States, uh, how does it, how does it, like, how was it to, to go through that, uh, to pursue your passion, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, it's just really, if you, if you like this, um, thing and you want to learn about it, like you, you won't have a problem like sitting in front of a laptop for hours on end, just, mm -hmm hear like hopefully his voice isn't that boring for one tutorial or anything but yeah um just sitting through those things and like learning and you like the learning process never stops like i'm still learning a bunch and yeah you just you got to keep like going through it and when you really get into like i guess whatever like you say you want to do what you like to do like you'll meet like mentors and like that on the way mm -hmm. and then those guys will help you um reach your goals and stuff like that so that's what helped me too so I have two questions straight up, right out the bat. The first one, why you, you talked a little bit about why you had that sort of uh, working in media inclination because of your dad. Why more of the of the preference to video instead of photography? Uh, for me personally, I just I think it's really hard to tell. Um... A story through like a single frame you know like a photographer they have to get like that single moment captured like perfectly to like have like a good like photo mm -hmm. versus I guess video like I can kind of just like play with it a bit more okay. and like I'm like shooting I'm shooting like 
way more than just like one frame and it's I like like more like motion too like working with motion and in terms of just like moving a camera moving a camera and then like directing like the subject or talent like what to do like that's like that uh, process is is cool for me and then go- going off into that like how you said YouTube University mm-hmm. um since you did that for such a long time do you feel like now you've been able to kind of play around with those tools you had to teach yourself to be able to get the 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 final project you want or the final yeah uh yeah the final like the final portrait the final draft you want you know mm-hmm. in terms of what you're trying to produce no like yeah definitely like at first it was like it was a big learning curve just like looking at i guess like you first open like one of those softwares and there's just buttons and just screens like everywhere on your screen and you're just like so confused but like yeah. over time you, you just keep grinding it out and you keep watching the tutorials and then you just learn from experience mostly too like it's important to like put in experience uh into the learning because if you're just gonna like sit there and like try to ingest all that knowledge just from the tutorial without putting any like work into it like i don't think you're gonna actually absorb like information that's gonna like help you on the way so uh, getting into more of those uh, stories, how you were saying where a photographer only captures a moment and has to capture it perfectly and working with motion and all that stuff. What, when you shoot a video, mm-hmm. what are you trying to accomplish in terms of cat, catching that story? Do you change your mindset in terms of what it is you're shooting or do you try to keep uh, same philosophy in every shoot and how you're trying to capture things and, and mm-hmm. what you're trying to show? Well, every, every shoot uh, has its own, like, obstacles, so the philosophy wouldn't be, like, the same for um, each and every one of them. But as uh, as far as, like, um, going on what I believe on and, like, how to, like, take on, like, shots like that during a project, it's it's it, go- it comes down really to, like, what the client wants and who I'm working with at that time. Okay. Like, maybe if it's a personal project, then, yeah, I could, like, take more, like, um, hand on it on my own. But when it's, like, clients, I really do enjoy, like, working with, like, another person in collaboration and uh, getting their um, their dream to, like, or not their dream, but, like, the, their vision of the video and what they want um, into, like, an actual product. So as a, as a creator, how do you approach that process when a client comes to you and gives you at least the frameworks of an idea, right? And you have to bring it to life. Yeah. I mean, it's really just like this. Like, you just you just have to have that initial, like, meeting and just have a conversation kind of get to know the person and just w- mm-hmm. want to go from there and see what their vision is and how they want to go about it. Uh, it also, though, always comes down to budget, sadly. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> how much, though? Like, in terms of what? Um, for, for, for the lay person that doesn't know. Well, I guess, like, in terms of, like, the lay person, budget's very important because at the end of the day, you have to understand, like, the person that's doing this work, he's not just, like, your your cousin at a family gathering taking photos or video of you he's like he's bought like this equipment that costs thousands of dollars software that costs thousands of dollars too he's put all this time like self-teaching himself or actually going to school to learn this and it's like a real profession and people need to know that that at the end of the day like it's important to come with a budget and know um what can really be achieved and to work um with the person how how big of an issue is that do you think where people don't really understand the budget side of things in that where it's not like 
where maybe they look at you and think, oh, it's like my cousin taking pictures at a family mm-hmm. reunion, when it's not really the case. Like, what you're doing is, yeah. is highly professional work. Well, like, I guess, like, I guess it's different here because it's the El Paso market. So there's more, like, local business owners here mm-hmm. that um, require, like, media promotion and stuff like that. And so they might not, like, understand the full, like, um, behind the scenes of, like, um, actual media production and what it takes to make, like, those giant Target commercials or just giant, like, corporate commercials, you know, you see on, like, the Super Bowl um, ads. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's... Um, yeah, yeah. So... Lost my train of thought a bit. No, you're good, you're <laughs> good. Um, I guess what I really want to kind of hone in on and touch on is that creative process because i imagine for for someone like you it's it's more intrinsic right you don't really know what's happening it's kind of the way you just attack your work mm-hmm. right but if there's any way of you to uh because you spoke to us of how you get to know the person and get to see what they want in terms of that but in terms of you already have all the shots mm-hmm. and you're in front of your computer and the software and you have their needs and how they want it how does it go from you not only projecting the client's visions, but projecting your vision for what, what you want the video to be on the creative side. Uh, staring at a computer for hours. <laughs> um, no, it, um, like from, well, I guess like from the client, like going from the client, then I would go into like, I guess, pre-production, which is just kind of like envisioning the shots and all that. And then from that, you have like your shooting. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we came from what you said to like the editing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you like, got all your assets you have your footage hopefully your clients aren't gonna change up on you on the last minute does that happen a lot yeah it does it does <laughs> but it's okay you know at the end of the day i want to get their vision out there the way they want it exactly so, yeah i don't mind it how long does each phase usually take um i'd say the longest phase is probably always the editing process okay yeah definitely the editing process so far for, at least for the productions i've been doing yeah and and what entail what's what's involved in each phase obviously you know shooting and, mm-hmm. and editing those are self-explanatory but for example like uh pre-production what are you trying to do there you, you said envision those shots yeah how does that thought process really work in terms of you know like a lay person like myself yeah. well, envisioning shots like what is what does that even mean so you kind of, I guess you, so like from what the information that like the client would give you, you'd kind of go like, okay, so my job is to like take this information and think of like a visual story to tell it like on a screen. Okay. So you, 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 you start by writing a treatment and that's kind of just like a synopsis of like everything that's going to happen at the shoot and kind of like a summary of like, this is what we're going to do. And then usually you'll send that to the client and the client will be like, oh, okay, cool. Then let's start going. So that's like all written word? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there, oh, there's like, there's like so much more that comes just before like the cameras start rolling. Yeah. It's oh, a walk, lot of, walk us of, through it, man. A lot walk of meetings, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Some clients want to like meet like multiple times if it's like a big enough project and there's a lot of talk about like this one project I'm working on currently. We've probably met with these guys like over five times over Zoom and for like a like months and we're coming on the shooting date finally and the shooting date is two days <laughs> oh awesome yeah so like months of preparation for two days of actual like physical work but what's in those i mean you were saying how like you write that like little synopsis mm-hmm. but what else goes into those in that pre-production phase that yeah, yeah, we may so, not know about so from there like the client would be like okay this sounds awesome so there you start to like do your like storyboard 
with like the production like the budget to like if it calls for like an actual like written down like visual storyboard of like each frame you're shooting then okay but uh most of the time it's like it's lower budgeted of um stuff that i, I would be shooting and it's more just like me writing in like my notebook like scribbles or just like a shot list too i usually instead of writing uh doing a storyboard i like to do shot lists which is basically like me just like thinking like how is this shoot gonna go like what are the shots that we need to accomplish like the scene that we talked about and then from that i'll like give more information on like the camera that i need and like the gear that we're using and get like all the gear information together and then the fun part of course is going and actually picking up all the gear that's rented <laughs> oh rent all of it's rented yeah because it's uh for bigger uh mostly bigger productions at least we rent gear out okay and yeah lights can lights cost a pretty penny <laughs> um yeah so yeah we get the gear ready then we get we prep it make sure everything's right um if it's called for two like we might go um beforehand to check out the actual location that we're shooting to okay. see the lighting and like the setup and if we're gonna have trouble um shooting there like if people are gonna give us trouble or if it's gonna be busy mm -hmm. and then from from there um or the after after writing all of the like shot lists down then comes the shooting and that that usually takes it just depends at the end of the day again too like what we're shooting but uh video i like to take my time at least <laughs> but we we get it done me and ab get um do a really good job at getting it done uh quickly and and that process i guess uh in terms of how we were talking about the story mm -hmm. process how much do you try to have your uh i guess not only the client's vision but your vision laid out while you're going through that pre-production phase in terms of like of um, trying to meet what you're trying to do in terms of how you're seeing things you know because how you wrote down you want your shots see the location okay. and all that stuff they might how how much into it are you also trying to factor in the what am i trying to accomplish how it's trying to be seen i imagine that's probably the whole process right yeah, that's the whole process of, like, just trying to imagine. But, like, I feel like the funner, like, I guess, creative side is, like, how do I make these shots, like, engaging? Like, how do I make them different? How do I, like, shoot this, like, differently um, than someone else? Because, I mean, nowadays, like, this industry is, like, getting really competitive. I mean, you, people are just shooting phone videos and looking amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just here with, like, a $3,000, $4,000 camera. <laughs> And and so getting to that, how how do you choose your shots for them, for you to capture that story? You know how how do you, how do you Edison attack that process? You know. Yeah, um, yeah. It just goes I guess down to also I I didn't bring up location scouting too. That's important. Um, you have I always like to be prepared. Like we don't when it comes down to it. Like we don't like to just show up and just like go on the fly. Like that's that's never fun. It's always nice to be. Uh, prepared beforehand and mm -hmm. that's why we like to look um, look at our locations and just like again like test the lighting and see like if there would be any like um, I guess like physical things that would stop me from like wanting a specific shot too in that sense like sometimes maybe like the location is too small for me to go like really far back and get a, lo a long shot with like a, a long lens okay yeah so location really um, comes down to it to coming into the 
uh, location is um, important in that. Where would you rank it in terms of importance with all the other factors you laid out? Mm, it's definitely like there as a, um, I guess not a creative block, but like a creative like foundation mm-hmm. in terms of like, okay, these are my, um, my parameters that I have to follow in order to make the shot work. Okay. How, how, how do you go about choosing a location? It, it it depends like if the whatever the client wants to okay yeah so like if maybe if like the client want like like a, like they want it outside like in the park like we'll go scout a park and then we'll have to deal like oh like the sunlight's gonna or the sun's gonna be at this time in the sun and we should shoot at this time so the lighting could be um, really good okay stuff like that yeah that's a lot of things that we do not think about yeah it all it's a lot of um. It's a lot of brain work. It's a lot of thinking about just little details that really... Um, you would never really think about yeah. or consider, yeah. but that are... Obviously, I mean, you you would know, but make the difference between a good shoot and a and a great shoot. Yeah, definitely. So so getting more into... Or, or kind of give you the scenario, you're, it's shooting day, you have your shots, mm-hmm. you're, you got your camera, your equipment ready, and... Obviously, how you said, there's a lot of brain work that goes into it. How in those shots and, and being there uh, on shooting day, how do you accomplish that? all that brain work and all those meetings that you have with mm-hmm. clients? How do you finally accomplish that while actually shooting? Mm-hmm. So, um, wait, let me, can I clear my throat? Yeah, you're good. Come on now. <clears throat> no worries. <laughs> it's a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, can you can you repeat it? Yeah, like you're you're on the on the like on shooting day, and you have all this brain work, like you said. You have all these uh, needs from the clients. You have your vision for it and their vision for it, and how those tie in together. How do you actually make that come into fruition on shooting day? Okay. Where you you've done all the lead work in terms of this is how I want it to be. Yeah, the prep. But now you're mm-hmm. really. Yeah. there and, and trying to accomplish it yeah how do you how do you make at least your vision and the client's vision show out on, on the actual camera yeah. yeah so like on i'm saying like yeah on shooting day uh for me it always like comes down to to like you have to be able to adapt because i'd say like nine times out of ten like the plan that you made beforehand is probably not like gonna go the way you wanted so it's always important to be able to adapt on set okay and yeah, it, like on a on a shoot, we try to like show up um, a couple hours earlier uh, to the location, make sure that everything is uh, cleaned cleaned up, and like the set's actually ready to go. We prep the set. Um, we'd have uh, maybe a grip or a PA or whoever's doing uh, working with us um, mm-hmm. start setting up um, lighting and like the lighting setup that we have from like a lighting dam- diagram we made beforehand. So they'd be setting up all the lighting, everything's going down. Hopefully the clients aren't there yet because um, it's always nice to have um, everything ready before um, actual talent is on set. And so say that everything goes good there, then your talent arrives and you're just ready right there and there to just get into it. Everyone knows their lines, hopefully that that's um, taken care of. Um, yeah, and then... Uh, it's just about following like the list you had like maybe even like on set two what happens a lot to me is like oh maybe I didn't notice like this detail or like this angle with the camera and I'll switch it up like 
Yeah, I was gonna ask about that. How often do you kind of play it, like play it by your gut and be like, oh, maybe maybe this can work, you know? Yeah, so I always I always like to say like it's great to have a blueprint, but at the end of the day, like it's not like a permanent plan. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's always times like on set you'll see like oh like maybe I thought of this differently and I want to shoot it like farther away or closer. I want to angle up my shot differently or frame it up. And yeah, no, I'd say that that does happen a lot to just have like I guess a creative like thought on set like at the time you're shooting. And and how does and those that are always awesome to have? Yeah, obviously. And and how does that work for you? I, I guess that thought process in your head where you you were sticking to the shots you wanted to take, and you kind of catch something that you previously hadn't thought of. How how do you work that into what you're trying to do? How does I guess give us a give us a look into your mind of how do you how do you how do you attack that situation and being like oh wait I didn't see this maybe I can do this maybe let's try this and kind of going off the cuff you know for a bit yeah so it's always like I guess coming back to just like learning like the rules of your craft and like there are rules in terms of like actually like framing a shot and all of that so it's always like nice to like go by those rules first and then. Once you're following those rules in terms of like how maybe like a subject is framed in a shot or something like that, then you can go about maybe, oh, like if I move the camera like this way, like here, like it's going to look better and it, it is going to look better. And like, again, it's like all opinionate, opinionated. That's why like I love it. Like it's, it's, it's awesome. It's very, it's very subjective. Yeah, it's subjective. Yeah. Like nothing's like technically wrong. Nothing's technically right. But it's always awesome to have like those creative like brinks where like oh like the rule doesn't matter here because like this angle is awesome like stuff like that what, what do you mean by rules? like like I, I guess like a, like a really like basic rule i guess in terms of like composition is like just the rule of thirds and like that's always just like keeping like your talent or subject line like in the thirds of like your whole frame there's like a little grid that you see and yeah. then like on the third on the third line it's it's vis- it's more visually pleasing to like a person's eye to like see them framed there in the shot, but not always, but it's most of the time. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. It's what, it's cool. Where did that? What other rules? I've never thought about that, but when you think about it, like, because I imagine that third is kind of like centered, or am I completely off? Well, like, so you got your center, and then like third from the frame to out of frame. Oh, so, so like right, it's like, like it's right like here. right from like out of frame to like middle of center, and then yeah. and then it, but then you're breaking it up into a grid too, so you could play around with like the the shot being like in the bottom third or like the top third, or just there's a lot of things to start to play with once you like started to like know those rules. Dang, that's interesting, but I mean you're right, like. I get, well, not I guess. I mean, it is more pleasing to see it mm-hmm. that way yeah. to the eye. It all it comes down to like like thinking like honestly of like painting too. Just like the same like rules in terms of like composition and how like artists like paint their scenes in like applies to like visually like a frame from a camera and like uh, cinematography. So when you play off when when you say you play off the cuff. Do you kind of follow a certain, like, do you have, like, I wouldn't say, like, a preset things that, like, like hey, this this worked for me in the past, even though it doesn't follow the rules. Let me see if it works again. Or do you, how you said, and, and I'm starting to feel like it's this is probably more the case, but where you just kind of let your creative side go and say, oh, like, 
I tried this and it worked, you know, where, where do you stand in terms of following your gut or being like, Hey, let me try these couple of things that I've tried in the past and, and, and see how they work out in the shoot. Mm-hmm. It just really comes down to like the shoot again, like the client, I guess like more for like corporate, um, uh, events and like shooting, like they, it's okay to just like follow the rules and just not really break anything unless they want you to like be creative. But most of the time set in stone, those are kind of just, those are set in stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but like on shoots where like clients like trust me or like, it's just like a creative shoot that we're doing like nine times out of the 10, like I'm going off like that shot list, but I'm also like, just, I guess like feeling the moment of like actually being there and like physically like using the camera to shoot and get that frame. And how, how does that, uh, like, I would imagine the, the creative shoots are more fun for you. Definitely. Yeah. How much, what would you say is like the distribution between the, the set in stone shoots and the, and the, the creative shoots? Well, right now, cause of like, I guess COVID, the creative shoots were more like put in the back burner. Okay. Yeah. Like COVID really took like, took a hit on everyone, of course, like, especially like the industry I'm in, but it's, it's picked up mostly uh, for me, like in the corporate um, aspect and um, market here. So uh, most recently, I, I've been like doing mostly like corporate videos, but there's also been um, recently too like a lot of um, uh, small business owners uh, just trusting me with their vision and letting me like freestyle it, and those are always the funnest, of course. Yeah, no, obviously, and in terms of shooting and everything, because you obviously, you know, get get hired to do them. Do you ever sort of freelance for yourself just to keep the rust off? You know, like you would say, like a basketball player hasn't played in five months and oh but, yeah, but gets shots up every day just to keep the rust rust off. Is that something that that you do sometimes and just kind of shoot some stuff and edit it to be like, all right, like just to make sure like you're still up to date on things? Yeah, you know, especially with the layaway that happened for a while. Yeah, no, like well, yeah, during quarantine, it was like. Um... I did like stop shooting and stuff when I, when I got back to it, I was like, Oh, what the heck? I kind of forgot. <laughs> it was like a little rusty when you, when you say that, but, um, yeah, I mean, I have like, just like probably like pushing 10 plus drives of just footage that I was just like looking through and not, I guess not sort of more like editing anything, but kind of just like going through like clips that I've shot in the past and seeing that like, what if like my shooting abilities have improved. Or just actually kind of, kind of looking like uh, having like a chance, I guess, to quarantine gave me a chance to look back and just be like, um, oh, like I am improving. I am like reevaluate yourself. Re- I'm, re- I'm able to reevaluate see your progress and see like progress, which is always good. Yeah, that's it's always good. good to like see progress and evaluate it. And, and now to the to the controversial part of this. Oh, man. What, what have been the most uh, fun shoots you worked on? Um, the most like recently or of all time. Oh, the, the funnest shoot. Yeah. The funnest shoots where, Oh man, where you can tie in like, like maybe everything was set in stone, but like you liked how it was, or maybe they gave you like full creative, like, yeah, like capabilities or a mix of both. Just what, what were you went into this one being like, Oh, this is going to be pretty fun. Man, I guess it wasn't a shoot for say, but it's probably when I like, um, was an editor um, on the in-house media team at Astroworld Fest. Okay. For um, 20, 2018 and 2019. Yeah, those are probably the most, the funnest. And how was that? 
uh, like that was like probably just like an experience like I couldn't um, have gotten like again or like it was just like awesome. What were you it was, in-house? I guess it, it's funny because like if I, when I explain like what I was doing, like it doesn't sound the funnest, but like to me it was like, wow, like I'm, I'm back, I'm in backstage, like working here and this is cool. So, so what were you like, what is it? Cause I was, I was, so I was, um, uh, for one year, I th- maybe both years, brain's a little foggy on that cause it's been so long since the concerts. <laughs> no, you're good. Some. Um, I think I was a DIT the first year and that was more just basically just being in charge of like, um. Uh, getting people like cam operators uh, footage and just uh, organizing that and making sure that like the drive and all of that is delivered to who should be getting it. Okay. And that was mostly, um, that was more like, I guess like grunt work. And then, but they, I, I built up a relationship and they, they, um, they trusted me more, I guess, which I'm, I'm lucky that they did. Uh, shout out score more. Yeah. Love that fam. They uh they let me be like editor for uh, sponsors um the next year after that and that involved me just uh, staying in backstage of a pod um editing like clips like at that moment that were being brought in and uh, having like edits done that day like day of and like the next day of uh, for the actual sponsor. How um, hard is that to edit day of? Yeah, like I say, just staring at a screen for hours like it doesn't sound fun, but. It was it was fun for me. Like I was I wasn't I was I would hear the music. <laughs> I would hear the music in the background. It was cool. Um but yeah. I would I would just be in the pod like on my um I didn't I have um I have a iMac that was my only computer at the time. So I'd take that thing all the way to like Houston or San Antonio just like in my hand. I didn't have a case, just carrying it. Yeah. And then, yeah, just set up in one of those pods and get to work for, like, it was, like, 10-plus hours of editing Jeez. like in a day. Yeah. But it was, it was fun. Like, the experience is like no other. How'd you land that gig? Um, Neon. Neon Desert. Um, and um, I guess from there, working with... Uh, uh, Did you do the same at Neon? Or you, you... At Neon, I was a shooter. So I was, like, out there, like, in the crowd um, shooting... Uh, shots like mostly i think the first neons i was in charge of like vip section okay so people caught me like chilling in there most of the time (laughs) and then from yeah from the neon i was able to just build my relationship up and get more trust and um work on concerts out of town so i guess it comes down or at least from what it sounds like uh this industry also comes down a lot to relationships right not really because i would at least from a let's look at it from a lay person's mm-hmm. point of view you would think that you could send your work out right and yeah. get noticed that way mm-hmm. but it sounds like there's also a lot of uh a lot of importance on on the relationship side of things how it is in in all industries but i guess this is one that it shouldn't be surprising but it is you know yeah oh uh, no yeah net- networking is i mean yeah it's important in every industry honestly um for this one, I guess like it's it's important. It's very important too. I guess in El Paso, because like there's there's a community, and you need to like find that community, and then that community you have to like help that community grow, and at the same time it's gonna allow you, um, you to grow. But 
I mean, with the internet, at the same time, too, um, what's stopping, like, um, like a kid just mastering, like, After Effects or Cinema 4D and just throwing his work out into the world and getting, like, thousands of likes and just getting, like, picked up by some label or some agency? So, it... it it, there's really so many depends. paths. There's, really, so, many there's paths. so many paths in the industry. Yeah, for sure. Like at at the end of the day, it can come down to like who you know. Like that could be a big part of it, or maybe you just grinded your ass off and you're like you're there because of your work. Could Could you elaborate more on on the community uh, in El Paso? How you said because I I think that's I'll be like from my point of view, right? I think you see a lot of creators here in El Paso, but. And I, and I think a lot of the content we see is from the same people. Mm -hmm. We just don't know it. Yeah. So, and I guess, I mean, you would have an inside look into this, this community of sorts and can, can enlighten some of us on it. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just met up with, um, uh, me and AB met up with the LF3, called the LFDC Click uh, early, like in high school when we first started. And then... That's really been like the people we've been like um, with the whole time. I guess They're, it's a very creative like group of people, and it's um, it's a good team to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And then we've also like um, collaborate with like other people that are doing like the production and all that. Uh, we it's funny because there is another guy that's um, a cathedral alumni that that owns his um, Leo Marketing, mm -hmm. his own company that we been able to like have a relationship with and work on some some stuff dang that that's that's i guess that's really interesting because it's i've seen your videos and i encourage everyone to go go watch Edison's <laughs> videos as well because it's it's some high level stuff it's stuff that i've tried to recreate but obviously always come short but i guess getting into more of a general discussion what would be some of your uh pet peeves that you have about people in your industry mm. I guess people that aren't just really there to like work like like they show up to set but they're just there they're, they're, they're there I mean they, you could just be there but do your job you know <laughs> at least you're doing your job but like people that just aren't able to like follow directions on set or just know like their their role on set like that's always like kind of annoying do you have a lot of people that kind of just want to be on set to be on set? Uh, well, not here, I guess. I guess, well, maybe, like, when we shoot, like, music videos, but that was a while back. <laughs> that's I guess that's more like an L.A. thing with, like, a celebrity on set. Okay. But, no, there, there's been, like, a lot of people that reach out and are um, other creatives that just want to, like, learn. Oh, learn. And, but those guys are cool. Like, they'll, they'll come and they'll be on set and they'll be mindful and they'll give us a hand from time to time. And you guys are very... Do you guys, what, like, handle them as, like, interns or just have them do something? Or um, Again, because it's just such a, like... Um, it's not, like, you know, like, a constant, like, client. You're just going from client to client. So, like, the shoots may be sporadic or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. it just... Maybe if the, if the... If we need, like, a lot of people, like, we'll call them. But um, if they want to, like, hit us up, like, we'll, we could... Um, will like let them like be on set and just like um kind of just like t teaching them like what they want to know or whatever what do you think is is one misconception about people in your industry about editors and people who shoot videos and all that mm. 
a misconception. Uh, uh, making you think on this yeah, making, one. Yeah, a little bit. I'm trying to think. I can't really think of one. A misconception about... I guess, I guess, I guess a misconception just comes back to the thought of just people thinking that it's not like a it's not like a actual like professional like gig like people not taking you like serious have you had that experience in in your life yeah yeah it just turns down to just being like like just like i guess like a client like just getting all like surprised or like upset about like a budget price we give them and they're asking for like a crazy project it's like you have to like like, you're a late person, but at the same time, like, you have to do your research coming in and know, like, this, like, is this possible, you know? Like, you have to be realistic about it. So, so yeah. that could always be a pet peeve, yeah. Or a misconception, I guess, is just, like, how much, how much actual, like, effort it is to do this. How much time it's put in. Yeah, where people just see that. Oh, just putting a button, I guess. And yeah, where people, people just see yeah. the video and think, oh, that's easy. Yeah. What, but obviously, and, and I hope people after listening to this see that it's it's not as simple yeah. uh, as that. But now, and this is kind of sound kind of like paradoxical, but what what do you think is is one misconception that is actually true? <laughs> uh, misconception, and that's actually that we're um, we all wear glasses. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no. Um, that's actually true. Mm. I guess. Mm. Like y'all wear hoodies. Yeah, we all like wear hoodies. Or we we don't shower for days. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I guess. I guess video guys are clean people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, kind of. We're clean people. We um. It just comes down to this. Um. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that, honestly. Yeah, uh, that, that was a I tough one. Yeah, that was a tough question. Well, uh, just to, to close off and uh, finish off, Edison, uh, where can people find you? Plug yourself, all of that stuff. Oh, the plugs coming? Yeah, yeah, plug yourself, okay, man. Okay. Um, yeah, so my you can find me mostly on IG at unwatch.ed. Um, I'm not going to lie, I really don't post that much because most of the stuff I do is corporate and I only like to post like creative stuff I've done. So it, it's kind of a bare thing, but that's mostly where you can find me right now. Um, hopefully I'm in the, in the process of starting to create a, uh, another IG page where the company that I works for, um, will post, um, like corporate and just like a bit of everything we do so people can get to really like see and who do you all work, the work. Who do you work for? Uh, LFDC Studios. So where can they find them, or, or do they have that, a page? That, the, the page is in the process of being made. Okay. So, yeah, sad. No no plug yet, well, but it's in the process. Follow unwatch.ed, yeah. and then you can get that plug to follow that account. Because I'm, I'm a fan. I really like what you do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's where people can find you. Anything else you want to plug before we sign off? Um, yeah, also follow, um, a, I think it's Gonzalez. I mean, that's that's my partner right there. Uh, every shoot that he's doing, or most shoots, I'm right there helping him um, with his setup, and it's always fun. So that'd be great. Just yeah, follow both of us and support us. And follow, shout out Crystal Poppin. That's our other uh, creative um, person in our clique. She recently got signed. So that's awesome. She got signed to a label. 
she's a rapper so that's cool (laughs) (laughs) kind of cool right (laughs) that's awesome yeah uh all right man well uh thanks uh for coming on i really appreciate it and uh see you guys next week awesome thanks for having me thank you for listening to the anything and everything podcast i hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode uh it was a really interesting one where you know just a lot of things that you don't really know that go into you know the the video making process and and the intricacies of it that's that's what i found the most interesting and and how we can take that stuff and and apply it you know to to our different areas of expertise right so i want to thank you guys for listening to this week's episode we'll be back next week as well uh i encourage you guys to subscribe rate and review you can find us anywhere you get your podcast and uh we'll see you next week so long Mm -hmm.